Well, hey there, fellow sojourners, and welcome back to another edition of Appropriate in the Culture. On today's episode, we look at a statement from Alan Richson and ponder whether or not Christians can be actors. I'm Pastor Shane, and I'll be your thespian today as we appropriate some culture. So recently, some professing Christians noticed that another professing Christian had some modicum of success in a non-Christian media setting and so naturally began to criticize. Here's an article from Protestia to explain. Actor Alan Richson, a professing Christian currently starring in the lead role of the hit Amazon show Reacher, has clapped back against critics questioning his decisions to take such a morally ambiguous role, criticizing those who disagree with him as supposed Christians, while strawmanning their position and brushing off their concerns. Richen shared on his YouTube channel. I love playing Reacher. I love uh, telling this story. I love playing a character who uh, creates a, a kind of moral ambiguity that we should struggle against as we consider whether or not what he's doing is good all the time or morally right. Um, I think that kind of thing is fun and fascinating. And I think escaping to that world um, as an audience, hopefully it's as enjoyable for you as it is for me to help bring it to life. Um, but it's funny to me how a lot of people criticize me, supposed Christians especially, criticize me for playing Reacher. As if the only TV that, that should exist is seeing people silently folding their hands in, a, in the pew of a church. I mean, what kind of stories are we supposed to tell? If you look at scripture, what do you find? You see a thousand years of, a, of an infinitely holy, holy God holding tension with human beings as he tells the story of who he is, reveals who he is through an imperfect people. So we get stories, we get stories of, of, of paganism and uh, 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 war and bloodshed and ghost stories, mysticism. We see uh, uh, miracles and magic and uh, uh, we see life and resurrection and, and death. And uh, we see this incredible canvas where God is completely unafraid to tell the story of who he is through um, less than morally ambiguous characters, through through pure evil sometimes, you know? So um, I think it's uh, laughable when people criticize me for playing characters that are not like saintly, you know? That's not my job. And I don't think God cares about only telling those kinds of stories. I think we can start conversations and we can reach people through these mediums in a way that um, I think God enjoys. And so here we are now where we can get to the heart of the matter, where God has built a platform because of this show for me, where I can reach people who maybe don't think about these things all the time. And maybe, maybe for those who are struggling or feel lost or want to try something new, um, they can find something that brings them hope like my faith has mine. And so to go back to the heart of the matter, I, I think we only have to look at the first two verses of the Bible to see who God is the purpose of what he's doing and what he wants to do in your life and where that tension exists once humanity enters the equation. In verse one, we get this. Now, God, God created the heaven and the earth, the heavens and the earth. We see that God is a creator, but what kind of creator? We go to verse two to find out. It says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters, the waters representing chaos. The earth formless and empty. The Hebrew word uh, for formless and empty is tovu vavohu. It means wild and waste. There was nothing but wild and waste in the beginning. We sort of skip over the Big Bang and we're just, we've got the planets forming and coalescing, but it's wild and waste. There's no good there yet. There's nothing usable. It's empty. 
and God's spirit is hovering over the waters. And out of that, he creates a garden that is enviable among angels and man, the Garden of Eden. He creates humanity. He begins this saga that is epic, uh, an epic saga of love out of the wild and the waste. And I think that is exactly what God intended in the first two verses of the Bible to be revealed, that he is a good creator and that out of the wild, the waste and the empty of your life, he can create a garden if you let him. But the difficulty is the fact that when, when God wills himself over creation and says out of this wild and waste, just with my breath, I will animate goodness and gardens and sunsets and sunrises and humanity that will learn slowly how to love each other. When it comes to people, He's a little standoffish because he doesn't want to breach free will because he wants to respect the fact and see what you do with this opportunity to invite the spirit in that hovers over you or to try to do it on your own and stay in the wild and the waste and be the king and lord over the emptiness. Would you rather be the king and the god of the emptiness and the wild and the waste or would you rather participate under one who is the, the, the infinite, holy, good creator of all in his garden, participate in that garden. That is the question that we face in the first two verses of the Bible. That is the heart of the matter. And when we are distracted with other questions of like, are you, can you possibly be a Christian and play, play a character like Reacher? We're missing that, that moment, that confrontation that God is waiting for in all of our lives. And for some of us, it comes sooner than others. I hope if you haven't confronted that question yet, that uh, this conversation helps um, bring you to it sooner. Um, do you want to be the God of, of, of emptiness, wild and waste, or do you want to be a servant in a garden? Okay, I'm not sure I followed all of that. Actors are really at their best when they're reading somebody else's writing. But that explanation or challenge or rambling wasn't convincing to some fellow Christians. Protestia protest this way. Misrepresentations aside, Richson fails to understand that people are not criticizing him for the character's ambiguities, but for the actions the actor engages in. No one is saying that the only TV that should exist is seeing people silently folding their hands in the pew of a church. But we are saying that if the alternative is watching filthy content for the sake of entertainment, then put that hand folding on every channel. Well, if you don't want to watch, that's fair enough. Don't violate your conscience. But this is the line that caught me. People are not criticizing him for the character's ambiguities, but for the actions the actor engages in. When he's acting. And this leads me to wonder whether or not Christians know what acting is. To help, here's the great Sir Ian McKellen to break it down for us. How do I act so well? What I do is I pretend to be the person I'm portraying in the film or play. Yeah. You're confused. No, it's it's perfectly simple. A case in point. Lord of the Rings. Peter Jackson comes from New Zealand and says to me, Sir Ian, I want you to be Gandalf the wizard. And I say to him, you are aware that I am not really a wizard. And he said, yes, I am aware of that. What I want you to do is to use your acting skills to portray the wizard for the duration of the film. So I said, okay. And then I said to myself, hmm. How would I do that? And this is what I did. I imagined what it would be like to be a wizard, and then I pretended and acted 
in that way on the day. Best summation ever. But pretending to be somebody else might include actions that are antithetical to Christian morals, and therein lies the problem, as Protestia explains. According to IMDb, Reacher is 18-plus TVMA in most countries and features a ton of cursing, foul language, graphic sex scenes, and visible nudity that Richson himself participates in. Richson has been a professing Christian for many years, growing up in a Christian household, so he can't be surprised when believers ask why an actor who has a wife and kid is undressing another woman, seeing her naked, and then simulating sex with her on camera while hiding behind excuses like, it's just my job. Yeah, but it sort of is his job. Alan Richson is not Jack Reacher. He is pretending to be Jack Reacher. Alan Richson is a professing Christian. I don't think Jack Reacher is, but maybe by the end of the series. He is pretending to be a character, and that character does things that Christians shouldn't do, or says things that Christians shouldn't say, or believes things that Christians don't believe. So is there moral culpability in portraying that? Let's take this bit by bit. First, let's ask the broadest, most black and white question. Is it morally impermissible or sinful for a Christian to pretend to be a person who engages in immoral behavior? If so, then Christians are, for all intents and purposes, excluded from the field of acting. Because you'd be reduced to only playing people with zero moral failings on screen, which leaves you with Jesus. And let's be real. That kind of extreme position would consider portraying Jesus on film as a Second Commandment violation anyway. But it's probably just as well that there would be no Christian actors because the stories that Christian actors could participate in would be atrocious. Characters with no character arc, because an arc indicates some transformation for good or ill. No antagonists, because villains are often quite villainous. If it were sinful for Christians to portray moral failings on film, then you couldn't even have a Christian cast for most of the stories in the Bible. Somebody has to play Adam, somebody has to play Eve, somebody has to play Cain. We need some extras to die in the flood. Do Lot's daughters get casted? Any townsfolk in Sodom or any prophets of Baal on screen? Better be a non-Christian who plays the witch of Endor, or the prodigal son for that matter, because that character engaged in some pretty unchristian behavior. All right, so the notion that it's sinful for a Christian to pretend to be a person who engages in immoral behavior seems to strain credulity. There is an obvious, self-evident moral distinction between pretending in a movie and the sin itself. Pretending to be a murderer in a movie doesn't make you a murderer or make you guilty of the sin of murder. Pretending to be an adulterer in a movie doesn't make you an adulterer or make you guilty of the sin of adultery. Pretending to be a Tom Brady fan doesn't make you literally the devil incarnate. An actor is distinct from the character that they are playing, and the moral shortcomings of the character are distinct from the moral shortcomings of the actor. I think most Christians do understand that. But I think where it gets more gray are the actualized actions, to be somewhat redundant. What I mean is this. You could pretend to be a murderer, but on set, you never actually commit murder, unless you're Alec Baldwin. But that's not the case when it comes to things like language, and that was the first thing mentioned in the article. Reacher has foul language, cursing. Alan might be playing a part, but he is actually forming the words. He is saying those words. Those words are actualized. And is that sinful? Should Christian actors engage in that? 
Now, it's perfectly clear that hearing profanity is not sin. As we have constantly argued and demonstrated through Scripture, sin is not external. Temptation can be, but sin is not external. That is not a biblical concept. God hears all of the foul language in the world and is without sin. And if hearing foul language were sinful, then no Christian could live in the world. Because if you ever deign to talk to non-Christians for long enough, you're going to hear some foul language. And it is never, ever okay to sin. So if hearing foul language is sin, we'd have to isolate ourselves for the entirety of our lives. Nope, it's not what goes into a man that makes him unclean, but it is what comes out of him. And we certainly have commands in Scripture to guard our tongue and be mindful of our speech like Ephesians. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, personally, I think that has far more to do with what we're saying than the particular words that we're using. You can be insulting, cutting, biting, belittling, degrading, or unwholesome without ever using vulgar words. And I've seen plenty of pro athletes encourage and build each other up, even though they're doing it with a lot of four-letter words. And context does matter when it comes to foul language because language is cultural. It is not the case that God from on high decrees that these are the naughty words. Nope, that's not how it works. We decide what constitutes foul language, and language evolves. If you look through history, you will see some words which were offensive became anodyne, and some words that were anodyne became offensive. If you want a more extensive breakdown of this, you can revisit episodes 9 and 10. But if language is cultural, then it's also contextual. And if the context determines the permissibility of the use of words, then acting would be a likely context for that permissibility. Even if one is holding to a very strict legalistic line on language, I think there's still a clear distinction. For example, I don't think that Christians should use the N-word. But if a Christian is portraying Bob Ewell in To Kill a Mockingbird, the use of the N-word then would be fitting for the character, appropriate for the material, and understandable in context. But if a Christian could portray the racist, foul-mouthed, lying, wife-beating Bob Ewell, then why not a foul-mouthed Jack Reacher? All right, but what about sex? That seems a little problematic. And different actors have drawn different lines when it comes to that. Neil McDonough, for instance, won't even do kissing scenes. And of course, an actor should not violate their own conscience, but that doesn't answer the question of whether it's sin or whether it's permissible for Christian actors to be in romantic or sexual roles. It's actually not as clear-cut as some might think, and context, once again, matters. You might say, well, sex is right out, which might be a fine line to draw, but what's weird about that is the sex in the film is the fake part. They're not actually having sex. So principally, what is the moral distinction between, say, pretending to murder someone and pretending to stup someone? If indeed, as we said, pretending to murder someone doesn't make you a murderer or guilty of the sin of murder, then doesn't it follow that pretending to fornicate with someone doesn't make you a fornicator or guilty of the sin of fornication? At which point we might say, ah, well, again, it's the actualization. Even if it's pretending, even if it's simulated, there is physical actualization. He is physically touching, kissing, caressing, and embracing. Okay, fair enough. But that sort of actualization isn't relegated to sex scenes. 
So if that is our standard, then Christians can't act in any roles in which there's any romantic interaction at all. And if it's wrong for a Christian to act in those roles, then isn't it also wrong for a Christian to direct those roles? Because if it's sinful to actualize it, then isn't directing people to sin, sin? And if it's sinful to direct it, then it's sinful to write it, if you're writing it with the intention for people to actualize it. And so what it seems we're left with is that any film that depicts physical romance in any form is sinful. I think that's the logical conclusion. It's either that or there's a logical and moral distinction between physical portrayals in the context of film and real life. I can respect the former position, but I think it should be consistently applied. Now, as to nudity, uh, sin is not external. Merely seeing nudity is not sin, and nudity on a film set is far, far more awkward and far less titillating than one might think. But again, context matters. Now look, there are certainly projects and roles that Christians really shouldn't take, and Reacher's sex scenes are unlikely to be edifying or even necessary, and I can even say that Alan should maybe push back or have higher standards. But television is a collaborative medium. Actors aren't writers, they're not directors, they're not even producers necessarily, and at some point there's a bit of a problem with a sort of secondhand culpability. If I worked at some department store and I stock shelves, that's my job, I stock shelves, and then it's Pride Month and they have LGBTQ merchandise and they want me to stock the shelves, would that be sinful? I don't agree with the message. I don't agree with the product. But is doing the job sinful? I would certainly respect someone who quits, who walks away on principle, and you should never violate your conscience. But I can also understand someone who wrestles with it and comes to the conclusion that putting merchandise on a shelf in itself is not sinful. And so I'm going to do my job to the best of my ability for the honor and glory of God. I can understand that. And so too, acting in itself, I don't think is sinful, even if the product or the message might be misaligned with Christian values. But what irks me the most about this is just the constant criticism from Christians without offering any solution or alternative. You want Christian actors to take better roles? Okay. Are you offering one? No. Are you writing one? No. Are you directing, producing, supporting, doing anything at all to produce pop culture? The answer is usually no, and Christian television and Christian filmmaking is mostly a joke. Judging, complaining, criticizing does discourage Christian actors and Christian artists, but it does virtually nothing to actually change the culture. And that's what we're trying to do here. And if you want to see some positive culture change, then, well, buy my book. Six Rounds for the Riching Hour is available now. A link to that is in the show notes. Also, be sure to like, subscribe, share, tell a friend, leave a comment, follow me on the various socials, join my author's Facebook page, and I'll see you next time for more Appropriate in the Culture. (laughs) 